Daf Ayin Dalit. We're starting from the bottom of uh, Ayin Gimelim. Days about ten lines up from the bottom. Yesterday we discussed uh, the credibility that parents have to identify their child while he's still in the market. There's a special name that they have to say, "Oh yeah, these are this is our child." And then we got into a tangent that a chaya, a midwife, uh, regarding. Uh, saying that which child is the older one if there are two twins who are born so that the midwife is, is Naman but the credibility is again only in the very moment right when right when the child is born so now we get into extra credibility of the midwife a midwife is believed to say to, um, to say that this is the child from a coin and this is the child from a lady he said Nasan the child is from Nasan and this one is a mamzer so basically, the, situa- the situation Rashi helps us understand is that there are four women who are giving birth in a room, and each one was married to a different type of man, Cohen, Levi, Nazan, Mamzer. So really, it seems like it's a special Kula Midarabana, because Midarai, so you would say that she wouldn't be believed. She's a woman, and generally, we're not Makabal Eidus from Isha, um, and when, and when, and even though we say Eidachar is Naman Bisurin, but this is more than regular Yisurin. This is establishing someone's status. What is their din? What is who are they as a person? This identity, you know. So Midarai, so you would say not to believe necessarily in Isha, but it's a special Naman And how else? Who else are you going to believe on? Basically, it's an interesting idea that there's no other way to know. And Zacharinim explained that since there's certain inevitability that we would have to rely upon the word of the Chaya, so the Torah gave a Nehmanus on them. A fascinating thing. It's like a sort of svara that it's machria that there should be a Nehmanus to the Chaya. When is this true? As long as there were no rumors, no challenge, no protest is made to the contrary from what the Chaya is saying. So we don't know anything and the Chaya says like this, we can take on like the way she's saying. If there's a challenge that's raised in a menace, she's not believed against the challenge. It says the Gemara, what kind of challenge do you mean? Error the Mai. What what sort of challenge? How many people are saying different? If it say if you mean it, it says by one witness saying different, that there's no such thing as an error by less than two witnesses. Meaning that one person randomly saying different, that's nothing. It's not so clear what the context for Rabbi Yochanan's statement is, but we have this idea that when one person is challenging something established to us, that doesn't make us nervous. It's only when two witnesses do. So here at Detroit, it must be two witnesses. We're saying basically, Achaya has a special name on us. That's true. And can even overcome when one person says differently than her. There's a rumor that starts circulating from one person. No, no problem. We can, we can bulldoze our way through that. When two witnesses say different, so then obviously there's not going to be name on us at that point. He buys him or another approach. It could even be even if one person said it. I normally, Rabbi Yochanan said, a challenge from one is ineffective. This that Rabbi Yochanan said, a challenge is ineffective if it's less than two. That's only true when there's already a cheskas kashas for the person. Meaning, someone is assumed to be good in front of us, and then suddenly people are saying differently. So there we say, if it's only one person, we dismiss it. Where it's a totally blank, open, vacant thing. We know nothing about a person, like by us. It's a child who's born and we don't know anything about who he is. There's no assumption one way or the other. So even one person can, cha- can challenge the validity of his status. So very two different approaches. Certainly we take away from here that there's a special net manus for the Chaya to establish who the person is. That, there's no question. Something unique about the Chaya that we have to rely on her. However, the question is, can, can, can her net manus bulldoze through someone saying not like her or not? There are two approaches in the Gemara. One approach is then it cannot. Because since there's not a Chetzkas Kashas for the child, so if there's even a protest from even one person, then the Nemanus of the Chaya is not strong enough to win. The other approach from the Gemara is that it is, and only if two people said differently would the Chaya not be believed. The end of the Brisa. Let's say you have a seller. A seller is believed to say, I sold this, the, an item to one person and I did not sell it to another person. The case is, Rashi explains, two people are fighting over something, two people are buying that they bought it. 
So then the seller is not meant to say uh, which person bought it. The Gemara is going to explain just to foreshadow what's going on is that both of both of these buyers, these customers, gave money to the seller. The question is, one gave it with willingly, in other words, that the seller wanted to sell it to him. The other one kind of just forced it upon the seller. The seller didn't agree to sell it to him. So each one is claiming that it's theirs, and the mocher, the seller, is going to come and clarify to us which one he actually had to ask to sell it to. That right, the Barman Wendis is true, but only when the merchandise is still in his possessions, meaning it was paid for, but he's still holding it at this point. Then he could establish If it's already it's no longer his possession, then he is not believed. What's the chilek? So it seems that the idea is because when he's still holding it, if he the, the, then it's very it's very important for him to remember who he sold it to. Because let's say somebody backs out of a deal. Let's say you accept money from somebody, and instead of handing over the merchandise, you say, you know what? Let me actually back out of the deal. I'll return your money. I'm going to keep it. So then there's a big curse that comes to such a person. Technically, al piyah you could because the kenyan didn't happen. He just paid you money. Doesn't make the kenyan until there's mashiach. But yeah, there's a big curse that comes to a person. So as long as you're still holding the merchandise, and it's very important that you actually remember who you sold it to, because if you don't end up following through and executing the deal, then you have to accept this curse from the person who backs out of deals. So therefore, that's why the credibility comes from. The root of the credibility is the fact that it's it's incumbent upon him to know who he's selling it to once he accepts money. So that's why he has a special namanas. But once it, it leaves his possession, so then he's just stop a person with an opinion, a person with a viewpoint, and that's not good enough in the laws of money to establish who he sold it to. Says the Gemara question, top of the Why don't we see who he received the money from? In other words, we're going on the last case of the Brisa, where the merchandise already left his possession. So, so at this point, the Gemara just understands the Brisa is where he only accepted the money from one person, so he should be believed. So a person would remember. The question the Gemara is saying is, even if you're not holding the merchandise and it's not so common upon you anymore, but you probably remember who gave you money. So the Gemara explains as we foreshadowed, the case is he received money from both. But the point is that he accepted from one party was willing, and from the other party was against his will. It's not known to us which one gave with his consent, which one without his consent. So that's the shot. When he's still holding the merchandise, where it's incumbent upon him to execute the deals, and then he has no monos. But once he gave it away already, then now it's just after the fact, so to speak, then he doesn't have a special name on us because you accept it from both. It's not so easy necessarily to remember who it was, who gave it willingly and who did not. The Brisa continues, A judge is believed to say, when there was a court case, and the question is, we can't, we don't know the verdict, so the judge is never to say that I rule in favor of this person and against this person. When is this true that he has a special Namanas to establish who he ruled like? When the people, the parties are still in front of him. Once they're no longer in front of him, then he is not believed. And what's the shot? It's the same type of idea. When they're standing in front of him, he's still responsible to remember. But once... He already announced it, and they've left the court, so it's no longer incumbent upon him. If it's no longer incumbent upon him, then he doesn't have his special root of Namanas. Says the Marvel, why don't we just see who's holding the, the schus? Meaning, what's the case? Basin writes up a document, right? You don't just say, okay, an announcement in Basin, you win. There's a certification that you won the court case. So why don't we just see, why don't we just see who is holding the certification? The answer is the Marvel, the case is, is that the certificate has been torn up and therefore cannot be checked. Says the Marvel, why don't we just rejudge them? In other words, what's the point? Okay, the judge is not believed. So look at the case again and, and judge again. What's the big deal? The case is that it was a court case which didn't have a clear conclusion. It was left to the discretion of the judge. There are certain cases like that, um, or, you know, or often case, well, just to give one example, a person was giving money to someone and he named him without specifying you know, his family name. So there are a few people who have that name. And then we leave it to the discretion of the judge like to think, 
who would probably guess? It's almost like guessing. Who would probably he would have wanted to give it to? So it's not an absolute psak halacha. It's just left to a discretion of a judge. So there are times that, it, that in that case, it is a fascinating thing. It's almost like a certain arbitrary decision that a judge will make. So you can't retry that because it's not necessarily accurate with what was done before. If it's a real law, you know, it says an halacha like this, then you can look, okay, retry it and come to the same halacha. We could be confident it would be the same. But when it's left to the judge's discretion, so then it's purposeless to retry it. Says the Gemara, There are three people who are believed to establish that someone is a firstborn. Elohain, and again, obviously the Nachamino being a firstborn, is receiving the inheritance, the double portion. So you have, we have the, the Chayas, we spoke about the special Nachmanus of the midwife, Aviv, the father, Ve'imo, and the mother. So the Gemara explains that these three people are Nehman, but in different ways. Chaya la'alta, the midwife is believed, as we said, only immediately, right? Special Nehman is only when she's right there. Imo koshev, the mother is believed throughout the first seven days of the, of, of the baby's life. Aviv la'olam, the father is believed uh, always. So Rashi understands that always means that, you know, it's like, it's only in the mother's hand, it's in the mother's hands exclusively for the first seven days. Maybe the father doesn't know at all. But from that point on, so then the father, once the father recognizes the child, he always has a namanus about him. So it's a very interesting thing. The mother only is a namanus kosman that it's in her hands. Once it leaves her hands, she's no longer namanus. The father's namanus is even after that. As long as he recognizes the child, he's namanus. So why doesn't the mother namanus because she recognizes the child? Like, what's going on? So the Gemara explains to us that there's a special namanus of a father to recognize a child. A mother doesn't have that, but a father has that. Where do we see it? Because the Tanya says in a price of Yakir, the Pasuk says, it's talking about as the father giving inheritance, the double portion to the, to the son. It says he should recognize the firstborn. So we expound that Yakir and Lachim, it means he should make him clear to other people. The, the Torah is telling you that there's an Ammonus for the father to be Magir who the Bachar is to the world. What does that mean? Let's say a person, we thought he is one firstborn, but then he tells you, no, I really. Really, you know, I have a different son from a different from a different wife or something like that, or a different woman that perhaps I slept with promiscuously, and I really have a different bachar. So he's not meant to establish that to us. Review the ads, an interesting halacha, that the same way that there's an amonis in regard to the double inheritance, he's regard to establish that a child that he has is a halal. In other words, if we don't know necessarily who the mother of his child is, if the guy's a Kohen, he says, actually, this, this kid's mother is a divorcee. So therefore, she's, the kid's really a halal. There's a special amonis that the father has. It seems like a regular aid. Certainly, a karuf wouldn't be neman necessarily to pasul of a kid about his identity, about his yichus. But because we have a special din of yakir, Rabbi Yudah extends that to, to Yilson as well. The chacham no neman. The chacham say he's not neman. The chacham say the nemanus is only to say who's a bachar in regard to getting an achla. But you're not neman to pasul up the kid with the word of the father. So Al-Kopanim, the father has a special din nemanus of yakir. So as long as it's past the first seven days when he recognizes the kid, so he's neman forever. The mother doesn't have that. Mother's only neman immediately. When it hasn't left her hand, and the chai is only neman immediately, like literally in the first second before she left the room, as we discussed yesterday. Remember, a shtuki is someone who doesn't know who their father is. So it's a suffix mamzer, right? And we said yesterday, a suffix mamzer has a unique halacha that they, about who, who exactly they are. They are, uh, they are allowed to marry, not allowed to marry. So what's going on here that we say, no, Abishol calls the shtuki a baduki. What's the point? My baduki, what's the significance that he's called a baduki? Baduki means to examine. It means Let's say we have a suffix who the kid is, so we don't want to marry someone with good yichas, right? So what would happen if the mother claims that I know who the father is? Maybe that's what it means. Tanakama didn't mention that. It's just we, the mother silences the kid when he asks about the father. 
because it's an unknown out there. It's not, you know, a regular person in the kid's life. But what if the mother would come along and say, I'm telling you the kid's father is kosher. Would you believe her? So the Tanakhama didn't mention that. He would say, no, you don't believe her. Says that, Abishol, no, you do believe her. You bodeg the mother, you examine the mother. And if the mother says, even though, you know, the father's not in the picture, but I'm telling you he was a kosher guy, then, then, then she'd be believed. And the kid could marry, let's say, even, you know, a Cohen or something like that. So then, come on, who would Abishol be going like Rabbi Gamliel? So this is really a Mishnah Ksubis. Tanina Chadazimna says the Gemara, we've already learned this once in a Mishnah. In other words, we're asking that if the point why Rebbe would say that Abishtuki is a Baduki is to say that we trust, we trust the mother, then he should have been alluded to in the Mishnah Ksubis. How come this is coming up in Kedushin and not in Ksubis? What is this Mishnah Ksubis? That's not Haisim Ubaras, let's say an unmarried woman suddenly pregnant, very sketchy. So we, exact, we asked her, basement says, Mati like, what's the nature of this kid? Where is this kid from? Amr Laham, she says, I'm pregnant from so-and-so, but he's a good guy. He's a Kohen. The kid has good ichos. So, we do believe her. We don't believe her. So basically, what we're saying is, in that Mishnah is the real discussion, and it's a machlokas, but we pass and that we trust the mother. So we trust the mother over there to establish... And the reason is just to understand this so you a little bit better. The woman has a chesgas that she that she's a kosher person. So when you're trying to say, oh, maybe she was nivela to a guy, you're going you're going against her chesgas kashras, or she's nivela to a nuss and someone who would pass love the kid. So we believe the mother because of her chazaka and the chiddush of those tanaim. Now is um is 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 that is that she's good, and now we're we're establishing. So now the gemara is asking. So we already know that we believe her. So why do we need our mishnah here to say with Abishol that the kid would be good? He says the gemara chazash no, one chiddush is that the mother is good because of the, to marry a coin. Had the mother been nivelot to a guy, she would become his own and to a coin. The Mishnah Ksubas was telling me that we believe her that she could marry a coin. Our Mishnah Abishol is telling you that even the daughter is fit to marry a coin. So it's one thing to say she's fit. It's another thing to say the daughter is fit. Why is it another thing? Because the daughter doesn't have a cheskas kashras. The mother had a cheskas kashras. So it's easier than to say her namanas for her is good. But to apply it to the daughter is harder. Says the Gemara like this. Actually, in Subas, this is discussed. In Subas, there's one opinion that Rabbi Gamliel only was mastering the mother and not the daughter. You can't apply the Namanas to the daughter. If you'd say like that, it'd be very good. Our Mishnah would come and be adding that Abishol's that you could be moldic the mother and exam and establish the daughter to be good as well. But if you hold like the Mandamar that Rabbi Gamliel was master for the daughter as well. Rabbi Gamliel said that Namanus on the mother applies to the daughter. So then Abishol is not telling us anything new. Abishol Mayasalashminan. Abishol's opinion is more of a Chiddush Rebbe Gamliel. Why? If I only had that case, most people and the men in the city wouldn't possible her. They were talking about an unmarried woman. So, okay, it is sketchy that an unmarried woman is pregnant. But Lamaisa, most of the people who in town who would have relations with her wouldn't possible her and her daughter. Most people in town are kosher. So there you could believe her. The majority of people probably wouldn't mess her up. Here, most of the people in the town would be Hustling her. For example, let's say she was already a Muresses, but she wasn't yet a Nesua. So all the men in the town would be ushered to her except for that one person that she's married to. So the likelihood of Mamzerus is a lot higher. And nonetheless, if she says, no, I'm telling you, I, I, I became pregnant from my, uh, my fiancé, then she would be believed. 
So it's a big chiddush taka, right? Because because she's only in Arusa, and everyone else in the town wouldn't make the kid a mamzer. We would still believe her. Tzricha, therefore, it was necessary for Abishol to say we have nemanus of the mother, and that it could affect the child as well. So even though we have a concept of a suffix mamzer, and how we look at it, and that he's not supposed to marry a coin, but there's a concept of a bedika, of a beduka, Abishol says, that if the mother claims that it's good, it's good, and even if it's a circumstance where most of the people around would make it possible. All right, continues the Mishnah now with a rule. Kol asrun lavabakal, all those who are asr, to marry into the ka. Mutar and Lava Zavazet are mutter to marry one another. What's like an obvious example? A mamzer and a shtuki. Right? A mamzer and a shtuki. So we're saying a mamzer is also to marry uh, the people in the shtuki. We is uncertain he might, he might be allowed, but they're allowed to marry one another. Now we're going to try to figure out like what the extra chiddish here is in the Mishnah, because this was pre- actually in the previous Mishnah. Rabbi Yudah Oser, Rabbi Yudah asers them to intermarry one another, and the Gemara will found what is the case, what is the dispute. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Mutter, only if two vadais are allowed. So let's say Mamzer and Menasirim, those are for sure Oser to marry into the regular cow, those are Mutter to one another. But vada is fakon regarding people one vada with one suffix who's fakon is fakon or someone who's suffix together with a vada let's say a shuki with a mamzeres or something like that in those cases aser it is aser he's concerned that one of them is good yichas and is also to marry the one with the bad yichas so even though mitaraisa it's good as we saw yesterday but mitarbanon Rabbi Lazar holds they shouldn't marry veiluhein. Asfekos, what are the Asfekos? Shtuki, Asufi, Kusi. Shtuki, Asufi, and Kusi. So we're going to talk about Kusi coming up in the Gemara. Kusi were the people who, who moved into Shomron. They were brought in after the ten tribes were exiled. They converted, but there was a lot of intermarriage and problems and then that they had, so there's a lot of Asfekos in them. We'll see in the Gemara. All right, so what was the rule? Anyone also to marry one another? It's a mother to marry the cow. It's much of them to marry one another. So what's the case? My calls from love of God. What does it mean? All the people are also to marry the congregation, can marry one another. That was already what the opening Mishnah said. We already said that. We already said that the Mamzer Nesim Shukiv HaSufim are motor to marry one another. So what's the Chiddush that our Mishnah is introducing more than the opening Mishnah on our parak? But two, review the Oser. Then the Mishnah quickly said, review the Asers. Ahoy, what's he Asering? If you say he's only Asering a Vada with a Suffolk, then that could be understandable. As we said, it's a Chiddush that the Vada and the Suffolk is motor. But Hamikdani said, but that was Rabbi Leazar. Rabbi Leazar speaks up. Vada, Vada, Nasser, Vada, Vashikon, 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 Asser. Because Rabbi Yudah, let's really. Rabbi Yudah wasn't just saying that. Rabbi Yudah was saying Asser is something else, some other case. So what is the other case? So Bechitim, Rabbi Yudah, Oyser, Ager, Amamzeres. Maybe you'll say Rabbi Yudah is Assering the marriage of a Ger with Amamzeres. That was Rabbi Yudah's opinion. Remember, Rabbi Yudah says a Ger cannot marry Amamzeres, and Rabbi Yudah said a Ger could marry Amamzeres. So we're saying maybe you have to say that's the case of our mission because we know nothing else to make of Rabbi but that's not what the Mishnah is speaking about, right? It's not what the Mishnah is, that's not the context here. Are we talking about a Gerber We call us in love of a Gal Katani. The Mishnah said all those who are also to marry into the could marry one another. It doesn't matter talking about a Gerber marrying a Mamzeris. So what is the context for view the So we have two questions. What is the novelty of the Mishnah? What's the case of Kalashun Lokal Matarzo? Is that B and B? What is the context for view the so now the Gemara will explain. And we are going to say that we're going to attempt to say that Rebuda is going on the Mamzer marrying a, a Mamzer, uh, a, a, Mer, a Ger marrying a Mamzer, and saying that it's Asr. And we're going to reinterpret the opening line. Amr of Yehuda, Tapadam, and Beis. Hachli Kamar, Kola Asur, and Lovel Kalkahuna. That's the big switch. 
all those who are also to marry into the Kahal Kahuna. We're not talking about everyone who's also to marry into the Kahal being mother to marry another. All those who are also to marry Kohanim can marry each other. Manu, what's an example? Who are they? What is this? Who, who are we talking about? Who is more also to marry Kohanim than the regular Kahal? We're talking about, for example, Igihores. A female convert. A convert cannot marry a Kohen. What's the issue? A Kohen can't marry a Zona. And all Gayim are Bechazka So a female convert, even if she converted under the age of three, even though under the age of three, so if it's before she had Bia, she still has a shame zone. That's a big chiddush. Pastors, you have a shame zone only once you're really Bia. Maybe a Bia happened. But we're saying no, even if she's under the age of three, that she's still considered to be a zona, she cannot marry a coin. actually says not like that in Yavamas. He holds that a coin could marry a convert that converted under the age of three. It's only if she converted afterwards she also. Artana is not the way. Artana is any Gioras, even under the age of three, is also to marry a coin. And then we're going to say, we talked about that. So this, it's mutter for them to marry. All the other people cannot marry a Kohen. Meaning, like Mamzerim and Nusinim. Like every, everyone. So anyone who cannot marry a Kohen is mutter to one another. So we're adding with that, even that the Mamz, that even, even Giyores, under the age of three, who's also to a Kohen, is mutter to marry a Mamzer. That's the Chiddush. That's the point that we're bringing out. And, that, that, and that, that's exactly where Rabbi is coming and saying. Rabbi is saying, no, I disagree. I hold... That 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 a ger cannot marry a mamzer. I don't agree with that point. So the Tanakama is the Tashita of Yosi that we learned a couple of ago. That a ger mamzer is mother, and that's what it's saying. Call us from even bekal kahuna, even a gioris. Even that that's under the age of three, they cannot marry a kohen. Still, it's mother for them to marry a ger. And you're saying you're uh, a mamzer a, 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 a ger. You're saying mamzer a ger is not allowed. Says the Gemara, why did you emphasize that it was dafka even under the age of three and not like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai? Why don't you just say the mission was that only a convert that's already three? And then it could even be Rav Shimon Let it be Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. A giyoris under the age of three is mutter to a coin, but a giyoris under over the age of three is also. And then and then that person a giyoris over the age of three would be mutter to marry a. Mamzer and Rabbi would be saying that. Says the The reason we couldn't do that is because in Cain mitzvah tavra. There's something that's going to break it. There's an inference that's going to break it right at it, right at its side. Because what would the implication be? It would be mashma. The only reason the convert can marry the mamzer is because they converted over the age of three. It would sound like someone who converted under the age of three could also marry a coin. According to Rabbi Shimon that's the halacha. Then what? Then it would be usher for them to marry a. A, a, a mamzer, but that's not true. If it be a mamzer, if it would be a under the age of three that they converted, where it's mutter to marry a coin. It's still mutter for them to marry a, a mamzer. According to the Tanakhama, that mamzer and gera mutter, it shouldn't matter if it's a gera under three or over three. So the implication of the Mishnah would be off. So therefore, that's why we had to make it unequivocal. We're going like the Tanakhama who argues from Shemuchai. We hold any age of a convert is also to a Kohen. Now it's very gishmak. Anyone who cannot marry a Kohen, including a convert of any age, then the halacha is going to be that they can marry other people who can't marry Bekahal, who can't Bekahal, like a Mamzer, Nasan, and those people. That's the rule that the Tanakhama was making. So bottom line is, we've gotten a very gishmak of shot in the Mishnah. We, we know that all the people who can't marry into the regular Kahal, kahal can marry one another. That's established a long time ago. Our Mishnah is one more point. Our Mishnah is Machadish Vaitin. That even those who are, that, that people who are apostle of Bukal are muttered together with the people who are also love of Bukal Kahuna. That's the Chiddush. What are we coming to say? That a convert is allowed to marry Mamzer Nasan and Kusum, stuff like that. And on that review, the Eitzer, that's review the Lushitasa, that a Ger does not have a heter to marry Mamzer. 
Says the Gemara, the problem is that it's not really a true rule. It's true that anyone who's also love Bakal Kuna can marry someone who's also love Bakal Yisrael. Think about other people can't marry Kohenim. Uh, a widow, a divorcee, halala, zonat, when they can't marry certainly they can't marry a mamzer. No, one, no one's going to tell me that a divorced woman is allowed to marry a mamzer. That's not true. A divorced woman can't marry a kohen because she, she couldn't marry a mamzer. So then the rule is off. You can't tell me is mutter to marry someone who can't marry into the general kal. Even like Rabbi Yossi, that a ger and a mamzer can marry one another. No one's going to say a divorcee can marry a mamzer. Another problem, it would sound like anyone who's mother to marry Cohen would then be also to marry Mamzer, right? That's the point. But think about it. A ger could marry a Koheness. A ger is mother to Koheness. Remember, a Koheness doesn't have the Isser of this, of this business. It's only a Cohen who can't marry Gioress. But a ger could marry a Koheness, a mother Mamzeres. And yet, um, and yet a ger is also mother to a Mamzeres. So we see that the rule is off. Okay, because you only counted one way. Remember that So therefore, we have to give a totally different interpretation for the mission. Back to the drawing board. Any all those who, whose daughters a Kohen cannot marry. So we're not talking about people themselves who cannot marry Kohenim, but we're talking about people whose daughters cannot marry Kohenim, and that's the big switch. Until now, we've been trying to say anyone who's also to marry Kohenim can marry Psula. No, that's not true, as we pointed out. Like a divorce, we were saying anyone whose children <coughs> cannot marry Kohanim. Um, and, and what's an example of that? My Neil, what are we coming to? What, what would be further included in that than general Psulim? It would be Gershinazikiyaras, a convert who married another convert, or Bloodsman Yaakov. Bloodsman Yaakov says later on in the Mishnah on Ayin Zion that the daughter of converts is also to marry Kohen if both parents are converts. Review the disagrees there. He says that even if just the father was a convert. So Akopanim, our Mishnah is not reviewed. The review is going to argue. So one second. So, so if, the parent, if you have two converts who marry one another, their daughter is also to marry a Kohen. So then we talk about Zavazaz. So then they're mother to marry other Psule Kahals. And like, like, for example, Mamzerim and Asinim. So we're kind of getting to the same point that the Tanakama is coming to say that a convert can marry a Mamzer. That's certainly the, getting to that point, but we have to make that big switch. It's not anyone who's, who, who's also to marry a Kohen is mother to marry a Mamzer. That's not true. But anyone whose children would also be usher to a Kohen. Then, then the halacha would be that they, they're allowed to marry a mamzer. And that's why a divorcee is no longer a question. There's no halacha that the child of a divorced woman can't marry a Kohen. No such rule. So that's why they're not included in the Mishnah. So anyone whose daughter can't marry a Kohen is mother to marry a mamzer. That's another very fancy way of saying a ger. And then very gishmak on that rebuda. I say that's rebuda lishita. So as we've noted, that a ger and a mamzer are also to one another. Says the Gemara, klalahulo. Is that really a good rule? Is it true that all daughters, anyone whose daughters are also to marry a Kohen, are mother to marry one another? What about a Cholo who marries a regular Jewish girl? We're assuming that a Kohen cannot marry, cannot marry the daughter of a Cholo. That's where that assumption that we're going to learn. It's actually a machlokas tanah. As soon as I was that, halacha is a chol cannot marry a mamzeres, right? A chol and mamzerim cannot marry one another. So even though the daughter of a chol cannot marry a kohen, that chol still cannot marry a mamzer. So it's the gemara lokashik rabbi zvi ben yudah armish holds like rabbi zvi ben yudah that the daughter of a chol is mother to a kohen. Okay, very good. So that's why that point is not an exception to the rule. Says the gemara, but chol shenasa chalala that for everybody agrees chol shenasa chalala. The daughter is also to a Kohen, and yet Kohen also Kohen also is bito, and yet also there's no way that 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 a cholo that cholo is, is his mother to a mamzer. But do another question: How mother also anyone whose mother to marry whose daughter is whose daughter is mother to marry a Kohen would be also to marry a mamzer? How regerish and also 
the convert marries a regular Basis Rav. A Kohen can marry the daughter. And still that Gera is Motor to marry Mamzer. So the whole rule is off. The basic rule is that a Mamzer, we want to get to the point that a Mamzer, a Gera and a Mamzer are Motor. But that you don't depict that by saying anyone whose daughter is usher to a Kohen is Motor to marry a Mamzer. Because as we noted, we have two questions on that. The daughter is usher to a Kohen and still it's usher to marry a Mamzer. And if only one of the parents was a Gera, like the Tanakama, the daughter is Motor to a Kohen. But yet it's still mutter for that parent to marry, to have Bia with a mamzer. So the whole rule is off. We're totally stuck again, just to kind of like recap where we are. We know from the beginning of the parak, all psulika, all those who are also to marry into the Kal Yisrael, like mamzerim, nesinim, v'chule, those are mutter one. Great. Mishnah established back, back then. Now we have a mission that pretty much reiterates exactly the same thing. Anyone who's also a local can marry one another. So what's the Chiddush? What are you saying? And then review the Oser. What's the Oser? So we attempted to go down what we realize now is a bad rabbit hole. Uh, to say that the Mishnah was saying anyone who's also to marry into the cow of Khan is also mutter to Mamzer. But we got many problems with that, and therefore we're back to the drawing point. The Machlokas is, are all Mamzerim the same? Let's say I have a Mamzer from a sister, from one person who slept with a sister, and a Mamzer from Ishazish. So, so, so those are both Mamzerim, but now we're going to say that there are different types of Mamzerim. And the point is that Rabbi Yehuda is going to basically tell us that only a relationship that has execution makes a mamzer. That's the point. What, what is the criteria to make a mamzer? Certainly a forbidden relationship, but how forbidden? Tanakama holds anything that's even Asr Bikaris, like Achosa. Someone sleeps with a sister, they're not executed. There's only Kars. Tanakama holds, that's a mamzer. A mamzer is a mamzer. It doesn't make a difference. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, only a mamzer. A mamzer is only created from someone who had, from a relationship that is liable for execution, like Ish. So the machlokas would be, let's say you have one child from someone who slept with his sister, and one child from someone who slept with a married woman. That would be the machlokas, because they marry one another. A mamzer from someone who slept with his sister is also a mamzer. So it's not, that's very gishmak machlokas that we're saying. We'll get into this in a second, but what's not so easy is to see how it reads into the, into the Mishnah. Uh, but basically, Rashi explains that it's saying all those who are also to enter into the Kahal because they were born from any sort of erva are considered mamzerim and therefore they're permitted in marriage one with another. And that would include the child of something with kares as well. Review the asers this, what he's saying is those two children that you are mater, the child of the sister and the child of the ishesish are not mater to one another because I hold there is not a mamzer from something that is only kares. Says the Gemara, well then my Kamashalon, what exactly is the Chiddush then? Tanina, we already know it's in another Mishnah that there's a Machlokas, <coughs> what creates Mamzeres? The Mishnah Yavamas, Ezio Mamzer, the Mishnah Yavamas says, what creates a Mamzer? Kosher below Yavadir Rebbe Kiva, according to Rebbe Kiva, and even a Lav, any Isser in the Torah. Anything that has a chi of kares. Only if there's a, a, a chi of basin, only if it's subject to death. So we know that that, that machlok is already in that Mishnah. So what's Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi repeating that in this Mishnah? What they're arguing about is if someone converted a ger amoni umovit, are they allowed to marry? Are they allowed to marry into uh, intermarry one with the other? So so they're also love of a kahal. So, 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 anyone who can't marry into the Kaal, mind you, care, Ammonim Mavian, Ammonim Mav, convert, Mutamso, Zer, Mutta to marry with one another. Says the Gemara of Yach, my review the Oser, why in the world would he, would he ask for others? They can marry Mamzerim. Of course they can marry Mamzerim. It's great, right? Makes, it makes sense. They, they're also love of a Kaal. They should fit into the rule. Anyone who can't marry into Kaal, so can marry Mamzerim. 
Even though a convert to a mamzeres, remember, Rav Yosi is more makel. Even a, a, a good convert, a convert from another nation, can marry a mamzeres. According to Rav Yosi, Rav Yehuda held no. Even though Rav Yehuda holds that a convert, a regular convert, is also to a mamzeres, and immediately Gerd Rav Luka has the mission that's only a regular Gerd who can marry a regular Jewish girl. But Amunumo convert who can So then even Ravida would agree that they are mutter to marry a Mamzeris. So let's make a summary of the way we come out. The way we come out is that we know all those who also love a can marry one another. Everybody agrees to that. That's a mission that was stated earlier. And we know there's a machlokas if Ger can marry a Mamzer. It says our Mishnah, the Machlam Machlokas is about a Ger who can marry a Jewish girl. Rabbi Yossi and the Tanakhama say yes. And Ravida says no. But what if it's a type of Ger who cannot marry a regular Jewish girl, a Ger from Amunum Moab? There, even Rebuda would agree that they that they are um, that they are, they are not usher for them to marry a mamzeres, and that's what the point that our mission is making. Rebuda usher only a, only a ger who's 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 mutter to marry a regular Jewish girl, but a ger who's also to marry a regular Jewish girl, like a ger from Amnu Moab, Kalacha would be that they are not forbidden to marry a mamzeres.